Good morning, everyone. I hope you are well. Welcome to podcast 150 of the Christian Women in Business podcast show. Uh, we are going for something new. I'm going to try something a little bit different. So uh, we're actually going to be putting the podcast that we're recording live in our private Facebook community for CWIB so that at the end, our members can quickly ask um, our guests any questions that they've got coming up that they might have about the subject that we're talking about or that might come up as we're talking. Uh, this just gives you a great opportunity um, to ask and to learn and to interact. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sharing for our listeners who are listening later on. We're going to be mixing it up a bit. So you will have access to the stories of our guests. And then if you want to listen to their five top tips, that will be available for our members podcast. So swapping things up again, we're trying to give more value for our members. So if you did want to hear the full podcast or the full video, then you will need to become a member. All you need to do is head over to the website, click join. You'll only need to join the sisterhood. You don't need to join for the enriched. Um, that will give you access to all of them. So I'm excited because we have uh, a very special lady on the podcast show today. The topics that she's going to cover and what she does, I think, is absolutely valuable. I know I have been a victim of what uh, we're going to talk about today and what we're going to share about. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. How are you, lovely? Well, I am doing great. How about you? I'm very well, thank you. So your biggest mission for your business is helping high achievers recover from their burnout. I mean, yes. oh my gosh, <laughs> what a job. And I can't wait to hear um, how you came about that and your story in just a minute. And you shared with us that your favorite thing to do on a weekend is rest <laughs> in whatever form that might be. To help you feel restored and I know that there's some women probably going oh yeah I totally get that and we were just saying before we started the podcast that when you're dealing with people with burnout it is just so important for you to rest and to recharge and to recoup so totally get it totally understand um, and what a pleasure it is to have you on the show so whereabouts are you in the world I'm near Birmingham Alabama Birmingham, Alabama. So is that on the west or east side of U.S.? Uh, Eastern U.S. Eastern U.S. Cool. So can you tell us kind of where you started and how you got to where you are today? Because I feel that there's probably a big story behind how you got started in business and how you touched on such a big topic for women. Like we would just love to hear your story. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, it started off with just, I'm a physician, an internal medicine physician. So it started off with just a desire to help people. And, you know, I went through a traditional internal medicine training and found myself burned out at the end of that. So it's one of the situations where I had this career goal from the beginning. I've never wanted to be anything other than to be a physician. Worked, did everything to get to that point where I had what it was that I said that I wanted. But in the middle of being in that, I found no joy, I found no peace, I found no satisfaction, and I just really had to evaluate, is, is this what I've been working for? You know, it was, it was one of those situations where I really felt like, you know, God, I feel like you told me this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I, my natural tendency is as a nurturer and a 
teacher. And that's really what medicine is, what a being a physician looks like. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really wrap my head around that concept that I should have to feel chronically tired, exhausted mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, every part of me feeling like I was at the end of myself at the end of every day. You know, I recall one day coming home from, from work and I just picked up my two toddlers from, from daycare and I set them in front of the TV and I laid out on the foyer floor. And as I was laying there, I, I just felt this, this sense of peace hit me unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my life. Now, during that time, I was the most stressed out I'd ever been. I had gotten to a point where my body physically hurt, um, that I was so tired all the time. I was just so worn out. And I was laying on that floor and just had this this moment of peace hit my life that that (laughs) the only way I can describe it is it felt like it felt like for the first time I had stopped. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, I went to bed every night, woke up every morning. So, I, you know, I was sleeping, but sleep, what I found was sleep wasn't solving what my problem was. Yeah. I can so whatever that up. was, sleep wasn't yeah. helping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wake up just as exhausted as what you did when you went to bed. Yeah, that was my reality. And, you know, medicine had taught me that if you're tired, you must need more sleep. Mm-hmm. Or there must be something wrong with your hormones and all of this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't the case because I treated enough patients who came <laughs> in with fatigue who had perfectly normal labs to know that that wasn't the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was really during that time of laying on that floor and having that true feeling of peace hit me that I just felt like God was kind of speaking to my heart. You know, you, you, you are constantly asking to be restored and to find rest but you haven't learned how to value the sacredness of rest. And that took me on a journey that, that was years of research um, in the Bible and scientific research. And really that's what led to me getting to this point of, of really wanting to help high achievers, people who have big goals, who are going after the things that they feel God's place on their heart, but they get to that point where they just are exhausted. Mm. And, you know, all of that turned into a book and then coaching and, all the different things that I do, you know, I never, I already felt like I was a woman, a professional, you know, I was already in business because business is what burned me out. (laughs) But it was in that process that really God opened up some new doors for um, kind of more entrepreneurial type business adventures as an author and speaker and coach. Yeah, that's great. Wow. What a journey you've been on. So I, I went through burnout. Um, actually, this time last year, I was at my breaking point. Um, and everything you just said, I completely can relate to and know exactly how it feels. I actually got to the point where it went into depression as well. So I was like, I just can't live like this anymore. I just can't do it. And you just, you get so grounded down that you just can't face another day. And it, it really is an, a very, I'd say, um, well, it's quite an empty place to be. It, it can feel very lonely and it can feel like there is no light at the end. Um, and I found that once I kind of spoke it out um, and told my husband, and he was great, um, and he took me to the doctors, you know, it's time to take some time off work, um, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we looked after myself. And I'm like, this, 
like how I was this time next last year is completely different to how I am this year. We just had our conference. I was a different person at conference. I could take on different things. It just is amazing how much it can affect you and it can impact your life. As a woman, we are the rock in our families normally. And mm-hmm. for the rock to be broken, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing. So if you're feeling, ladies, like that you're at that point, reach out to someone, reach out to Dr. Sandra, get help. Don't feel like you need to stay in that place or that you are alone. Uh, there is help out there for you. So thank you so much for sharing um, sharing your story and being vulnerable with that. So well, I think women wanted to to add because I thought it was really important what you just said. Um, yeah. For me, uh, one of the biggest parts of that was not wanting anybody to know yes. that I felt like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a huge part of really the healing mm. is getting to that point where you are you understand that there's nothing wrong with you because you need to slow down some that you need rest, that you need to have those moments of authenticity with other people. And I think that's what I found to be, to be the, one of the parts of healing that so many women miss out on is because they are keeping it to themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, so words that come to mind are you feel shame, you feel like you are uh, maybe letting yourself down or other people down because you haven't got it all together. You're afraid of that vulnerability. This is how I like can describe how I felt. And because especially when you're in a leadership position, you think I should have it all together. Mm-hmm. People are relying on me, you know, and those are the things that come in your head. Now I'm like, oh, no one else's problem is my problem. And like I have a really clear cut barrier now and I have that protection in my heart and, you know, I put things in place now. But back then, yeah, absolutely. And no one, you're right, no one should ever, ever, ever feel that shame. It is okay to go, hey, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> and you're right, because as a physician, I think that's why, honestly, um, I always say Sacred Rest was the book I'd never wanted to write because I never anybody, I never wanted anybody to know about that part of me. Mm. And, um, you know, when I first, when I really first felt like God was telling me to tell my story, to share it with a larger audience, the, the very first story that I tell um, is about that laying on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, do I really want to open up a book with me on the floor in tears <laughs> with my kids being, you know, um, in front of the electronic nanny so <laughs> watching TV. But, but honestly, that, that, that usually is the connection point between me and every woman who has sat in my place. Yeah. Who understands what that feels like. Yeah, because like yeah, I may not have laid on the floor, but I sure felt like on yeah. the floor. It could have been a bed. It could have been in the business. It could have exactly. been a toilet. I mean, every woman's sacred hiding place is in the toilet, right? Hopefully, <laughs> just two sweet minutes to myself on the throne. <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> so, going from thrones, um, can you share with us uh, five tips on your craft? Uh, that you'd like to share with our ladies today? Yes, well, as a business um, woman, uh, what I find is the the main area that I'm usually asked to assist, particularly Christian authors with, 
is how to get into media. Um, one thing that really stood out to a lot of people was this year was the first year that they did a um, gold medal winners for Christian broadcasting. And I was their first gold medal, medal winner for Christian broadcasting um, based on the marketing that I did and the publicity that I did for myself for my book, Sacred Rest. And I think what happens is a lot of people have turned to me during that time and said, how did you get on that podcast? Or how did you get on that TV show? Or, you know, how did you get in that article? How did you get TEDx to offer you to, an opportunity to do a talk? And it, it wasn't, I didn't have a publicist that did it. You know, honestly, it's, it's God opening doors, mm. but he opened doors that I knocked on. Yeah. And I think it's very important for number one, to see marketing as evangelism. You know, so many Christian women, I think, have this feeling that I don't want to go tell everybody about whatever my work or product or, or whatever it is. I don't want to look like I'm bragging mm -hmm. about the product. But if you look at the message that God's given you to share as evangelism, it's not about the product. It's not about the book. It's not about whatever that is. It's about sharing that message with a broader audience. So yeah. that's number one, seeing marketing as evangelism. The second tip is to to embrace sharing equally between the large and the small audiences. You know, we want to kind of go after those big platforms and, you know, those big opportunities. But honestly, sometimes jumping into those big, those big um, opportunities, it's not appropriate for where you're at at that moment. It takes some momentum to build up your skills. If you're looking at doing media, which is the, one of the main things that I recommend for anyone trying to share a message, mm. you need to have some smaller platforms where you can kind of get comfortable with yourself, get yeah. comfortable talking on camera, get comfortable asking and answering questions. Mm. And so embrace both those large and small platforms and opportunities, because sometimes I found, particularly as a speaker, you know, I may be asked to come speak at a small church and I'm thinking there's 30 people here, you know, <laughs> do I really want to go there? You know, when, um, you know, I'm really want the big opportunities with thousands of people, uh, you know, every time I go speak. And I found that some of my greatest blessings have come from those small audiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yep. embrace that the large and the small and to give equally your passion and your energy and everything you've got to that group of 30 that you would if they were a group of 3,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third one is to use media to grow your platform. I think for a lot of Christian authors, you know, that's a huge thing out there that if you try to get a traditional publisher to publish your book, the first thing they're going to say is, how big is your social media platform? How many people are on your newsletter? <laughs> you know, they're going to go through all of these metrics to determine if you have a large enough platform. The quickest way to grow your platform is not trying to get people on your email list just by throwing out blog posts. The quickest way is to utilize media that already has an audience. Share what your message is in a way that resonates with that audience and then offer a lead magnet to get them onto your email list. I did this and grew my list from 2,000 to over 25,000 in one year and it is still growing. <laughs> I won't even tell you what it's at now. It's still growing. Is that the point now where I'm like trying to weed the list because you pay for all of those subscribers? Absolutely. You know, have the list. But you want to do that. You want to have the freedom to do that. To uh, actually yep. see who are your engaged subscribers 
and wean off the people who may have signed on solely for the lead magnet and are not actively engaging. But that's how you grow your platform. You use those media opportunities to, to connect with those potential readers or potential um, customers and grow in that way. Um, the next one would be to focus on the message and not the product. Whenever I am working with an author, and I always ask them to pitch me as if the, I was a producer, I do have a podcast. So I was like, pitch me like I'm a producer. What are you going to talk about on my podcast? Nine times out of 10, they start off telling me everything about their book. Yeah. And I'm like, I uh. appreciate <laughs> the fact that you wrote a book. I'm an author of three traditionally published books. I get it. You got to sell books. But do not come at any producer with the book. Come at it with the message. What is the message in the book that you're going to share with my audience that is going to help them transform into a better life? In whatever aspect you help them do that. How are you going to help inspire a dream? How are you going to help solve a problem? How are you going to help enlighten them in some way? Share with me that. And then I will introduce your book to them through that. But don't just tell me you wrote this great book because that I can't share with my audience. And then the final one is to not to be afraid to hear no. You know, you've got to pitch the media. And I have had media opportunities where I've pitched one thing maybe at the beginning of the year, Mm. heard nothing back, or even got a no, and then pitched that same, that same outlet seven, eight months later with a little bit of a tweak, you know, they didn't reply to the first time. So let me tweak it a little bit, maybe hit a different angle, same topic, you know, my book's on rest. So same topic, (laughs) talking about seven types of rest, same topic, but I'm tweaking it just a little bit so that maybe I'm hitting a different area or need that their audience may have. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you have to be willing to hear no, understand that some no's are not never, it just Mm -hmm. means not now. And trust God in the process. He opens the doors that need to be opened when they need to be opened. You yeah. ha- it is your job to knock. It is his job to do the results. You cannot make anyone do anything. <laughs> All you can do is be available and accessible. And so be willing to hear no's. Be willing to ask for speaking opportunities. I've gotten some of the most amazing speaking opportunities because I just reached out to an event planner and said, hey, I see that you have keynotes for this particular event. This is what I talk about. Um, Is this something your audience might be interested in? It's nothing fancy. I don't have any kind of, you know, hookup inside that knows the the event planner or anything like that. It's just saying, God, I'm willing to put myself out there if you're willing to do what you do. Mm. You know, do the exceedingly and abundant above anything I could ask for, imagine, but I'm willing to hear no if necessary. Yeah, yeah. It's allowing him to fulfill his will over your will. But you're right. We say you have to do the natural and let God add the super is what we say to the supernatural. So it's that is so true. Yes. You know, you knock on the door, you go out and get the opportunities. God, I'm doing what I can uh, with what I believe you've given me and the vision and the mission and the message and the story. You do the rest. I just think that's so good. Such wise words. Thank you so much for sharing those. So just a, re- a quick recap before we move on. The first one is um, making sure that you knock on the door, like we've just said. So if you wanted to get into media, you want opportunities, 
um, you start doing the knocking, let God add the super, um, and see your marketing as the evangelism um, to share your message with the broader audience. And there is so much on evangelism in the Bible. If we see Jesus tells a story after story after story, um, it gives us very definite clues about how to market and how to share and how to tell stories. Uh, number two is embrace sharing equally to the smaller and bigger audiences. And I think that is such a strong message. And we shared a little bit about that at conference uh, when we did the opening is how King David, before he became a king, had to uh, not perfect, but understand the tools that God had given him and um, how to fight in the supernatural before he went big time as a king. And God worked with him in that. So the opportunities, uh, small or big, let your ego go. <laughs> yes, Get rid yes. of your ego yes. and go, this is a great opportunity. Unless God puts a definite no in your heart so that you know, always listen for that. Um, but, yeah, otherwise go for it, learn. And you're right, the special moments do come out of the smaller crowds. And mm -hmm. it's, it's more intimate as well. Um, number three, use media to grow your platform. So share your message in a way that resonates with your audience. Give them lead magnets to get them onto your list, uh, which is fantastic. And then um, number four was focus on the message, not the product. Love this. This goes like in so many areas of marketing, like sales pages, blog posts, whatever you put out on social media. I love it. It is it's focusing on the message, not the product. Um, amazing. And that we, we do have some, um, people who write books in our community. So that's a good tip as well for what you shared with going to the publishers um, mm -hmm. as well. It's the same thing. Um, and then number five, don't be afraid to hear no. God, uh, just trust God. I put just, I need to change that. Trust God in the process. Um, you do the natural and let God add the super. So, so, so much wisdom in that. Thank you so much for sharing your tips. So can you share with us now, how do you incorporate God into your business? I really believe that as I'm walking with God, because I have, really have two businesses, you know, I have my internal medicine practice where I'm physically practicing medicine. And then I have this kind of author, speaker, coach um, practice that I have as well. And both, one thing that I notice is that I have to be sensitive to, to God's leading and to his spirit. Mm. Um, I've had some, uh, some un unbelievable experiences just within medicine where someone will come in with, you know, some disease and none of myself or my colleagues are finding any hope of figuring out what the problem is. And all of a sudden, it's almost as if this thought just pops into my head about some obscure something I learned in medical school, you know, years and years ago now. And I'm like, why am I even thinking this? And when it first happened, I used to kind of just like, oh, that's, you know, that's a red herring. That's not something that, you know, anyone ever gets. Kind of like the pink elephant, right? <laughs> Nobody gets that. That's what they teach you in medical school. But after I notice a couple of times that that happened and I do the test and that is what the person ends up having, I'm like, you know, there's wisdom and revelation that comes only from God's spirit mm. that, that I have to be sensitive and willing to receive. Even if it makes no sense in my logical mind that that's what that person may have. Yeah. And so I do that within my medical practice when evaluating and diagnosing people. I allow myself to be spirit led. And I also do that on my, my, in my business side when I'm sitting down and I'm coaching with someone. 
and we're talking, you know, we're talking about time management, and we're talking about restructuring their, their schedule and their life, and, and looking at all of these things that, that lead to burnout, sometimes I I'm immediately kind of get this sense that there's something, there's a heart wound or a soul wound that is making them not take better care of themselves. Mm. And so that's very touchy, you know, not exactly what they came there for, but it's a vital part of really helping them get to the place of being able to truly live a well-rested life because they're not going to do it for themselves because they don't feel worthy because of whatever that baggage or that other piece is. And so just being kind of spirit led, going with, going with the flow, even when it doesn't make sense and just really staying very close to God. I believe that um, in any type of healing type profession, it's important to, to get a true understanding of what abiding looks like as a healer. Yeah. Um, because you need to be very connected to the vine to be able to help others kind of reconnect. Yeah, absolutely, do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And can you share with us um, your Bible verse for this season and why? Yes, my Bible verse for this season is from Mark um, sixteen fifteen, where it talks about um, go ye into all the world and share the good news. And really for me, I think that's because I spent so much of my early years kind of being very fearful about being out there. Um, I was one of those Christians that was, that was, had that mindset of, I don't want to tell people I write books or I don't want to tell people that I speak. That sounds so prideful. And, you know, I don't want to, and I really had to have a heart check because it wasn't about them. It was about me. I was afraid of being vulnerable. I was afraid of being out there. And so I, I had to get this understanding that going into all the world looks different for different people. You know, I have two kids at home that are in high school now, and it is not feasible for me to just jump on a plane and go all across the country. I speak across the U.S. because I can usually be home within a day or two, but it's not feasible for, for me to jump and go to, you know, Tokyo overnight and, you know, and speak over there right now because I need to be a mother to them. Yeah. They are needing me for different things and I need to understand the season that I'm in. But I can still go ye into all the world through podcast, through yeah. radio, through TV, through, you know, social media. And I can still share the good news, the message that God's given me, my portion. I can't share all the messages, but I can share my portion, the portion he has for me to share. And so I've just really embraced that. And and I think that is what led to me being kind of such an activist for this whole Christian women getting out there with their businesses and their products and getting into media and sharing that part of marketing and doing it as excellent as those who are not Christian. You know, we see it a lot in women, in business women who are not Christian. They are out there, you know, on the... (laughs) They show and they're out there in the women's day magazines. And and when I saw that, I said, God, if, if they can do it and they don't know you, how much more and more excellent should we be able to do it? Those who know you. Yeah. And so that's what I started going after. Um, You know, I don't just go after the Christian, the Christian media. I go after all the media with the good news of God. That's awesome. Love it. You are so inspirational. I just love have loved listening to even just the glimpse that you're giving us of your, um, I mean, we can see your mission from what you've said anyway, but just 
um, I hate the word vibe. Uh, think of a different word. The, just <laughs> the way that you present and the way that you tell your stories, it is very inspiring. And so you are living out what you're sharing and that's even more inspiring. Um, so thank you so much for doing that today. Can you give us a glimpse into an example of one of the key things of rest that we can do as busy business owners? Yeah, um, let me just kind of talk really quick about the seven types of rest. I think that's been what I've seen to be most effective for most people. Um, most people have no clue that there are seven types of rest to begin with. They think sleep and rest are kind of the same thing, and they use the words interchangeably. <laughs> but really, rest should look like restoration in some area of your life, because otherwise, you're, it's just the cessation of activity or doing activity that may not be restoring anything. We see a lot of that when people say they rest on the weekend and they, you know, they watch Netflix or <laughs> do something like that, or they just lay on the couch, but they still feel exhausted when they, when they get up from those situations. Any restful situation, when you, when you leave it, you should feel better than how you entered into it. Yeah. And so those seven key areas of rest that I discovered in the research and through the scriptures are the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, sensory, creative, and sensory rest. I think I hit all seven and didn't repeat it. No, you went really fast. I've got physical, mental. I'll, I'll go again. It's physical, yeah. mental, spiritual, sensory, social, emotional, and creative. And those seven types of rest, what I find is when people get very clear about where they're pouring out, because you're constantly pouring out in one of those seven buckets throughout your day, you're doing it. But there's usually one or two of those areas where you're pouring out more often. Yeah. So let's say if you're a teacher, you may be pouring out more creatively because you're thinking up lesson plans and how do I get this visual student to learn and this auditory student to learn. So you're kind of creatively extrapolating all this information. Um, whereas if you're a, a counselor, you may be using more emotional um, energy. Or if you're a mom, you may be using a lot of sensory energy because yeah. babies are screaming and kids are touching. And you're picking up people in your lap. So you're using energy in a lot of different ways that sometimes we're not aware of. And so when you become very intentional about restoring rest in those areas, you'll start to find that that chronic fatigue wasn't really about sleep. It was about one of those other seven areas being depleted. And when you start pouring back into that area, the energy comes back because you're restoring in the place of your actual deficit. And that's really yeah. where my, the whole rest quiz came from at restquiz.com was trying to help people identify which of those seven types of rest they were most efficient in. So if people want to um, go and take that test, can you give us the full domain of it? Yes, it's restquiz, R-E-S-T-Q-U-I-Z.com. And it's a free assessment. It's an opportunity to see which of the seven types of rest that you're actually most efficient in so you can focus your attention and be very intentional about the type of rest that you need. Perfect. So I've popped that in the notes as well. So once we've finished today, um, you can go and take that quiz if you would like to. Um, that's awesome. Where can our listeners find you? Yes, my main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. And from there, they can access the quiz, learn about my books and products and coaching. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that you have today. Um, I know I've been blessed from it and I know that other people will have been blessed by it as well. So ladies, if you do have any questions later on that you'd like to ask 
Dr. Sandra, of course, uh, visit her website. We'll put all her details with the show notes, um, ask questions, get coaching if you need it. Um, otherwise, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Um, and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for now. The Christian Women in Business podcast is sponsored by Performance PA, virtual business assistant. Virtual PA lets you focus on what you do best in your business, and you can let Performance PA take care of the rest.